Hello, I'm your host, Aaron Ripmaster. This is Diz Dad's podcast number 596 for Sunday, August 11th, 2019. Tonight, I'm joined in the man cave by Adam Dale. Good evening, everyone. Don Donfris. Hi, ho, everybody. And I can't seem to shake him, Michael <laughs> Ty. How's everybody doing tonight? So, you know, last week we tried to look back a little bit and get you all caught up on what was happening around Walt Disney World while we were away. Now, this week, we're just going to turn around and look ahead. Because as far as the parks have come in the past year, there's a lot more in store in the very near future. But before we dive too much into that discussion, I want to thank our podcast sponsor, Mouse Master Travel. Mouse Master Travel is an authorized Disney vacation planner, and Mouse Master agents would love to take care of the stressful parts of vacation planning so that you can focus on the fun. You can check them out at mousemastertravel.com. Uh, okay, so Walt Disney World is a massive construction site, basically. At this point, there is construction and renovation happening all over the place, getting the park ready to operate at an anticipated max peak capacity, really for for much of 2021, as they celebrate the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. So we thought we should come, you know, back here and, and go through all the things that are happening, all the changes you can expect to see um, over the next couple of years. Might as well start where the park started in the Magic Kingdom and the big change, the big uh, construction at Magic Kingdom right now is focused on Tomorrowland. So, um, you know, Adam, you want to talk about what you can you can see <laughs> uh, happening in Tomorrowland at this point? Yeah, right now, I mean... Uh... You can see the construction of the, the Tron coaster uh, as slowly as they're plodding forward with that. Um, I think the rumor right now is that it will be open by the 50th. Um, and at the pace they're going, it's probably going to take till then. Uh, right, right. Well, and, you know, this is one of those things that, that I might as well mention it now. Um, you know, the, the hard part for Walt Disney World right now is that with all this construction happening all over the place, both at Walt Disney World and down the street at Universal, they're just having a hard time getting enough bodies to move these construction projects a whole lot faster because they just, they can't staff up anymore. Yeah, it's uh, labor's in short supply. And uh, it doesn't help that, you know, they're they're cracking on, down in various parts of the country on various sources of labor. But, you know, that that it becomes an issue. It does. Uh, it does. Um, and so, you know, uh, that but they are plodding along. I mean, that there's there's track going up, I believe, um, you know, inside stuff going up, which surprised me that they they were doing that. But, you know, some of the exposed track is actually being built already um, and much of it's enclosed. So. You know, I think that there's a decent chance. I think you're right. I think it will be ready for 2021. That's that's really the goal. Um, and that's the signature big attraction to add to Walt Disney World, uh, or at least to, to the Magic Kingdom. So just a quick question as we get this rolling here. You know, as we talk park by park about anniversary things, each park has some sort of signature element that is part of, of, you know, the celebration of the 50th anniversary. So the question is, is a Tron light cycle coaster in Tomorrowland, a fitting, uh, 
anniversary gift, basically, for the Magic Kingdom to give itself. Michael? No. Why not? Uh, the, the anniversary gift will actually be the reopening of the railroad with possibly some additional theming around the railroad. That's an iconic uh, Walt Disney World. You enter in, you see the railroad. Right now, the train is parked out in front of the main gate, just not moving until Tron is finished. But I think that's the actual gift, is the actual reopening of the railroad. Okay, okay. Interesting perspective. The traditionalist route. Uh, how about you, Don? What do you think? Is is Tron an appropriate uh, anniversary gift for Magic Kingdom to give itself? I, I think so. I, I don't know. I'm kind of wavering on it. But I think, um, you know, they were due for um, – kind of a big splash i would have kind of preferred them getting rid of the uh the the go-karts and doing something special there all right well we'll get to that in a second we'll get to that in a second but but before we get there adam what do you think about tron uh i think it's going to be a nice addition uh, i think it's going to be a big splash it's going to give something to the park besides uh a lot of people when i I used to do some of the in the travel stuff back in the day and talk to different people. And I still talk to people today and and magic kingdom still has that for non Disney fanatics, that little kid feel or little kid idea, or, you know, it's all princesses and, 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 and pom poms. And (laughs) you had something like, you know, Tron and, and as a dad of girls, I mean, I don't have a problem with all that, but you throw Tron in there and you got space mountain and Tron and, um, those are two, you know, different things, but they also appeal to a different audience. Um, uh, you know, there's really not anything, you don't really have any real thrill rides in Magic Kingdom. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the biggest they're, they're thing. Watered down, they're watered down thrill rides at, at best. And you, you've got to have something to compete with what's going on up the street. Oh yeah, I mean that that's the biggest thing to me is that it gives the Magic Kingdom a real big kid roller coaster. I mean, the closest thing they had to it was really Space Mountain and as cool as Space Mountain is, a lot of its thrill just comes from the fact that it's dark. You know, in terms of physics of it, it's not a super thrill roller coaster. So it's the tooth. Yeah. And and it's been around for a long time. So so from that perspective, I like it a lot. I also think that the Tron coaster being built is going to turn some attention on Tomorrowland. And so we're going to get some uh, additional sort of cleanup and and theming coherence and um, some effort put into design and things that's going to be spurred by building the Tron coaster that makes a big difference because that's been the hardest part. I think they're the biggest weakness of, of Tomorrowland, aside from its theme coherence issues, um, is that it hasn't had really a, an overall design theme that communicated anything remotely tomorrow in a long time. Uh, and I think yeah. that the, the Tron coaster design helps. So, so Tom, so, so Don, you were the one who got us looking and, and talking a little bit about the speedway and, and, just in the last few days as we've been <laughs> recording this, um, some rumors have started filtering out about the possibility that uh, we might get some major sponsorship announcements uh, regarding the Tomorrowland Speedway and something we've talked about on the show before uh, might actually happen, which is um, an electric car manufacturer stepping up to sponsor 
uh, new cars for the Tomorrowland Speedway that would be electric vehicles. Get rid of those combustion engines back there. Um, so, Michael, I know uh, last mm-hmm. night you and I did a little digging. Um, and having done that digging, what do you think of the rumors that those cars are going to get a Tesla retheme? Oh, I think there's a chance. Uh, you've got a Maverick CEO that on a whim just does does stuff when people tell them he can't. Uh, <laughs> but um, it would really fit into the Tomorrowland theme. And Disney would should give it a hard look, even if it doesn't come to fruition, just from the environmental impact. Um, you know, if we all remember, we were supposed to be flying around in Jetson's car by now. We weren't even going to be on the roads. <laughs> the only different things that have changed from the 1970s is we up front wheel drive and get about 50 miles to the gallon. All right. So, so Adam, if, if we got Tesla vehicles on Tomorrowland Speedway, would you be happier with it or would you still feel the way you felt about it before, you know, it, it had to go down for a little while for some track configuration issues to make room for Tron? I'd be excited about it. And, you know, we, we've talked about this before. I mean, I work in the electric industry, um, been around that for a long time. We've, we've done work with Tesla, uh, and some of our other things. And we have some side projects with stuff. There's some very interesting things. And, and I think Terry and I, I don't know, it's been several years ago. We're kicking it around. I was like, you know, they could really do something really cool with some electric vehicles here and some trackless technology. And, Maybe maybe we get it. I mean, it's not that big of a leap, and Disney's never been one to shy away from somebody throwing money at an attraction. So, ooh, you raised a really interesting issue that I hadn't even thought about. If you if you had Tesla making the vehicles for the track, if you incorporated their existing, you yep. know, self driving technology and um, anti crash technology. You, you could m- make a Tomorrowland Speedway where the cars actually could go pretty fast and you wouldn't have those, you know, banging on the rail or banging into other car <laughs> issues because the car yeah. itself would prevent it. Yeah, right. you, you have a fun way to introduce people to self-driving autonomous vehicles. I love it. That's great. I, I hadn't even gotten that far. Now, that, that would fit into Tomorrowland better, even though it's kind of like the future right now. Um, cause we've already got self-driving cars and such, but that would be a lot, a whole lot better than an antique looking car putting around in what's <laughs> with a lawnmower engine with a lawnmower in what's supposed to be Tomorrowland. Right. Uh, I agree. Now the, the, the one thing that, that Michael and I, when we were digging last night did run, run across and we thought it was almost a little odd, but I guess it's an East coast thing and, and maybe a consumer versus, uh, industrial size thing but um as far as we could tell doing the digging tesla hasn't been involved at all in the two massive solar projects that disney has done on property um there there's another company that that has been working with disney actually two different one on the east coast one on the west coast neither of which were tesla um but but i guess we did find some folks at Tesla, which, which direction was it, Michael? Were there folks who were at Tesla now who were with the company that worked in the solar farm or was it the other way around? The other way around. Um, it looks like, uh, most of the solar company 
executives and project managers came from Tesla or worked at Tesla at one point in the past. Right. So the, the, so the question that Michael and I kept asking each other last night was, okay, does that mean that they're less likely because they'd be stepping off, uh, you know, stepping on people's toes, but, or would it be more likely because Musk would love to get involved in a way that folks who are doing industrial solar just couldn't get involved in the, in the park itself, um, just to kind of poke his nose at him. But anyway, um, that one's fun to speculate about. We'll see what happens. And I, my, my guess, I mean, we may be shooting ourselves in the foot, taking some time talking about this now because we're right now, uh, recording early, you know, shortly before D23. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if we got an announcement of some kind at D23. And now we'll all sound like we were, you know, we'll have to go back and do just, just hey, sharing we, news, right? We'll just have to go back to the hook. What do we do? What did we get right? Yeah, after <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so, so that that was kind of the biggest rumor out there. There are a few other things in the Magic Kingdom that I want to touch on because if you think about it, it's been quite a while since well, the Magic still- Kingdom has gotten any sprucing up. I mean, New Fantasyland. You know, we keep thinking of that as a new thing, but New Fantasyland elements were were already starting to open five years ago, right? Twenty twelve. Right. Elements of, of New Fantasyland were opening. So it's been a while. So, um, seven other... years ago, Aaron. <laughs> Say that a lot? That's seven years ago, not five. <laughs> okay. More than five years ago. That's, yes. And I can't add either. So, <laughs> um, all right. So seven years ago, we already had New Fantasyland open. So it's been a long time since. Magic Kingdom has had a major project. Um, I mean, they did a lot of, of sort of decorative stuff around Main Street, but not not really substantive things to attractions. So a couple other rumors that are floating around out there. Um, we know that there's a refurb scheduled for Peter Pan. That's not unusual. But when it goes down in January, it's a full month that Peter Pan is going to be down. So and anybody want to take a stab at you know, what they think is going to happen when Peter Pan goes down for, for a month. Is this just cleaning up the ride and maybe trying to do what they can to, to, you know, squeeze a little extra capacity out of it for the anniversary? Or is there something more substantive that we might see during this uh, January refresh? <laughs> I, I got to think for a month, it's just more of a cleanup, you know, um, yeah. sprucing up repainting some stuff you know uh, maybe doing something with the queue but you know other than that right just on disney's timeline usually a month isn't much of a uh (laughs) well that's true any other thoughts michael no I, i agree with don on this one you know probably put some new light bulbs in some new paint you know try to refresh things up a little bit and clean it up maybe replace some worn out mechanical parts that are held together by some bailing twine and some electrical tape (laughs) and just make it so that it's more efficient. But yeah, a month isn't enough time to make any major changes to it. What do you think, Adam, anything significant coming with, with, with Disney's speed of updates and whatever being tortoise like a month is, Somebody's going to go in there with a paintbrush and paint a few things, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. my, my guess actually is that the biggest issue, you know, biggest change, the most significant, I, I suspect that they're going to do some things in the queue with the whole Disney Play app um, and, and integrate some kind of experience that 
uses the app in the in the queue there at Peter Pan. Um, yeah, and if they've already got that, I'm sorry. No, it's all right. Go ahead. There. I mean, if they've already got that kind of planned out and set up where it's just a matter of, okay, we just got to install it, that might you know fit in a little better. Right. Yeah, that kind of stuff is fairly plug and play. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if we got a, a couple of light effects here or there. They've gotten really good at those projection effects. Wouldn't take a whole lot to spruce things up with a couple of uh, projection effects that, again, it wouldn't have to be down very long to install them. Uh, I think that we can say that the rumors of a, a sugar rush attraction taking over Stitch's Great Escape are pretty much dead. And anybody think there's any legs left to that? No, no Ralph. I wish to do something. I mean, I, not that I don't. I love Stitch as a character, but that's not a. <laughs> Even though Disney management has been adamant against. Um, I'm going to use the word augmented reality rides. There's not a lot you can do in that space. And if the tech, if they have a property that they can do something with and slap something in there before the 20th, I mean, the between the 21st, the 50th anniversary, I think they'll do that. They'll, they'll take a, a page out of that. They'll use some of their technology, maybe even use some things where people can do something with their phone or do other things, especially as they're making more of a play and the the global space gaming realm, that technology is going to be more readily available to them. They're going to have developers that can do that kind of stuff. Um, that's something you can do there, and not have to do a whole lot of work. You drop some you drop some screens in, you drop some sound effects in there, you know, immerse people in there, hand them a set of glasses, and you go on about your business. Um, yeah, because it's it's not a really super big building for them to actually put any type of ride type thing in there or anything like that. So it would have to be something on the, in a similar vein of what it is already, you know, stationary watching something, you know, in in that vein over there, we're already back over in Tomorrowland. What, what's the, I've heard various and read various things about doing some updates to the people mover and, you know, doing some, Incredibles things with it or whatever, but it's still kind of yeah. Nobody any hard knowledge about it. No, I don't think anybody has anything. I mean, I, my guess is that all we're going to get is some some sort of sprucing up of those scenes, you know, in the in the tunnels, right, where you can kind of see right. into various things. Some of that's going to be natural, just because there are going to be some new things around. Um, you know, that right. you're, you're going to have a view of a Tron coaster that'll be a, an interesting view that didn't exist before. There are probably some ways to, you know, overlay some some Incredibles here or there. But, you know, I, I think that's going to be more just sort of uh, uh, aesthetic than anything else. I, I don't think we're going to yeah, see major I, functional changes. I, I would hope not. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I'm all for change for some things, but, you know, that's just such an iconic kind of thing. I, I'd hate to see it get changed around too much. Well, you know? and it's another attraction that during those times when parks are at peak capacity, it eats people, you know, because they can cycle people through there so quickly. And oh, it's, yeah. it's a respite from the heat. Um, you know, they're going to have to keep it rolling. And frankly, it, you know, they're going to need to take it down and do some work because there have been uh, – 
quite a few reports over the last few months, I've noticed, of some operational issues where they've had sudden stops of cars and more um, car-to-car collisions than they ought to be having. And, and you know, those things get addressed because people get hurt and that right. gets expensive. Yes. Um, now, the other thing, and this is pure speculation at this point, mostly because that's all we can do and, you know, nobody has said anything about it. And this is another place where, gee, I might just be, you know, baiting D23 to make me look like an idiot by bringing this up now. But um, what are your thoughts on whether Walt Disney World will get a nighttime parade to celebrate the 50th? I mean, Magic Kingdom's had no nighttime parade now for almost two full years. I want to say it's better than... 75% 75% chance they have something. Uh, oh. Go 50% chance that it's something new, 50% chance they rehash something they already have. Okay, but but that's my question then, Michael. What do they already have? Because Main Street Electrical Parade has already been shipped off to California, and it frankly isn't in the kind of condition that it could be shipped back and forth. <laughs> uh they're gonna I I I agree with Adam. I think the chances are greater they're gonna do something. Um you can. Uh, I think I read somewhere that Disneyland was losing parts of their nighttime parade again, or the electrical parade was was it leaving for a period of time? Or well, they've been moving things around, and this is you know something that Disneyland does on a regular basis. That I got here, here, okay. here's what they're going to do: they're going to finish the walkway from uh, Grand Floridian over to Magic Kingdom which will close off where they store the, elect- the electrical water pageant. They're going to take and retrofit those floats and run them down Main Street. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, those floats that were that were built in 1971 out of plywood and, and exactly. Christmas lights. It, yep. Exactly. It's going to be retro Disney. Re- <laughs> relive your childhood dreams of Disney 1971 for the 50th. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Disney fans, the the Uber fanatics will go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll all go swimming in the Seven Seas Lagoon like we used to. <laughs> That's right. You, that you, water. You, you, could, you couldn't hate me enough to get in that water. You can have the brain parasite. Exactly. Uh, so I, I'm I'm kind of along the lines with Adam. I, I think there's about a fifty percent chance that. Uh, Paint the Night gets shipped out to Walt Disney World, but I think there's another 50% chance that they they build a new parade, and it's one of those things that I think is going to be determined more by internal politics at Disney than anything else, um, because that's part of what happened when when Walt Disney World lost the Main Street Electrical Parade in the first place and, and had to send it out to Disneyland. So, um, you know... And and unfortunately, the the odd performance in the wake of the opening of, of Phase One of Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland, and and the you know what expected crowds are supposed to be at Walt Disney World as as Galaxy's Edge opens there, you know, is kind of throwing a wrench in this kind of thing because if it's not announced, they don't have to do it, and uh, with no announcement on a nighttime parade, it, it almost feels like they're holding back to see if the money comes in, then they'll do it. If not, you know. They they didn't say anything about it, so they don't have to do it. Yep. Yeah. Um, which would be unfortunate. Because yeah, I, I miss it. No. Yeah, <laughs> I I love nighttime parades, and and for me, a nighttime parade is a signature element of a major celebration event. 
Yeah, I would I, agree. I'm, I'm just a much bigger fan of the parks at night anyway. There you go. General. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, all right, so let's move on from Magic Kingdom. Um, you know, there, there's other speculation here and there, but but those are the big issues, um, the big topics. Before we <clears throat> before we continue with the other Walt Disney World parks, let's throw it to Don Donfris for this week in Disney history. Hi, Disney Ohana. This is Don Donfris with your favorite segment, This Week in Disney History. Today, for the week of August 11th. On August 13, 1942, Disney's fifth full-length animated feature, Bambi, premieres at Radio Music Hall. On August 13, 2017, The Great Movie Ride and the Universe of Energy, featuring Ellen's Energy Adventure, run for the last time. The Great Movie Ride will be replaced by Minnie and Mickey's Runaway Railroad. This is the first ride at any Disney park that stars Mickey and Friends. Guardians of the Galaxy will replace the Universe of Energy. It will be the first attraction at Walt Disney World based on Marvel Comics property. In sad news, on August 11, 2014, Robin Williams passes away. He was named a Disney legend in 2009. He was known as the voice of Genie in the movie Aladdin. He was also the voice of Timekeeper in the 1992 Circle Vision movie from time to time. Other Disney movies were Popeye, Old Dogs, and Flubber. That's all for this week. Till next time, this is Don Donfris with This Week in Disney History. Thanks, Don. Let's turn our attention to Epcot, where it's already become a construction zone, and it's going to be for a while here. Um, you know, we know that we've got a new fireworks show coming. They've already told us about it. Um, Epcot Forever is going to open October 1st, but we already know that it's an interim show, right? It's a partial replacement. And and you understand why it's a partial repla- a replacement, right? The whole point is that Epcot Forever is all up above you. It's all fireworks and drones and stuff. And it's to get you looking up because the lo- lagoon is going to be drained. <laughs> and they've got massive amounts of work to do to clean up in the, in the lagoon before they can put another show in there. Um, so Epcot forever has to get you looking up. Um, and then once that's done, we're supposed to get the full replacement, which may or may not be what windows on the world is the, the sort of code topic or code name of it that was floating around for a while. Um, so we know that that's coming. Um, but there's other stuff that's really exciting happening, um, at Walt Disney world, you know, looking ahead more at next year and the year after. So um, let's start short-term. Epcot Forever, October 1st, we already actually got a new signature restaurant that opened, what, like two weeks ago in Japan, um, Takumi Te. Really expensive, but getting rave reviews. Um, uh, reviews are crazy for that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've heard... And it's, it, it's the... the- Japanese step down from Victorian Alberts. Yeah. That's kind of a, that's, that's taking a stretch, but that's crazy. Yeah. I've heard so it. I would imagine the prices are equal to that as well. Oh, they are. I mean, it, it's, it's priced at the, at a very similar level to Victorian Albert, frankly. Um, at least their tasting meal is. Yeah. 180 ahead without any wine pairings. Yeah, and the wine pairings 
put another what 150 on it started i think it's 100 to 150 and then 200 okay yeah i guess yeah i won't be going there anytime soon (laughs) um so we've got that but we've got another restaurant right that we thought was much farther down the road and now we're hearing rumors might open sooner so um i don't know adam are you excited about a space-themed restaurant opening next to mission space Sure. I mean, especially if they get it in there before the end of the year. I mean, it's something something different, something new. Put it in there. We'll see what happens. I mean, uh, some of the, the, the visual screens that have been rumored to be going in and, you know, being able to look out into that and it be different things, I'd be cool. Uh, you know, it's not going to just really jazz my jets about going and packing in there, but, you know, something different, something, you know, unique might be That's fun. Right. That side of the park needs something desperately anyway for right. Well, that side of the park is getting a lot of attention. I mean, it's interesting to me, right? You know, the the west side of the park right now is the star, right? You've got the land pavilion is there, the sea pavilion is there. That's that's where you know the action is. The east east side of the park, sure, you've got test track, which has the the you know over the the redesign that people are deeply divided about. Um, you've got mission space, which especially with a real space simulator opening across the way at Hollywood studios, you know, feels like old tech and future world, but, <laughs> but 2021, right. What's coming, Michael guardians, of the galaxy largest indoor roller coaster ever built. And and it's not just a, you know, sit in the the seat or strap into the seat and and run right. They've they've already released some concept art that shows how the seats at various scenes will pivot so that you see better. You know, not unlike um, there's some parts of uh, uh, the Gringotts coaster at, at Universal that work that way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so a similar concept at least, although they they claim more extreme shifting um they've got some very extreme elements that they're talking about doing uh they're talking about some of the ride running backwards and forwards so it sounds like there's going to be a track shift where you either get launched backwards and then you know shift somewhere throughout and go forwards or vice versa or something so it sounds very interesting they're kind of been very sly about what They've kind of they're putting little teasers out. They're dropping little breadcrumbs to keep people very interested in it. In it because the building is huge. It is going to oh, be an extremely massive. large coaster. It's massive, um, and and clearly it means that Disney is all in with Marvel characters that they can get away with in Epcot, right? Um, yes. You know the yeah. Guardians. The Guardians are are future world, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I got to ask. Much like we asked about Tron being the, you know, Walt Disney World's gift to itself in Magic Kingdom for the anniversary, um, much the same way Guardians of the Galaxy coaster is Magic or is, is Walt Disney World's gift to itself in Epcot, is Guardians of the Galaxy an appropriate Epcot anniversary gift, uh, you know, for the park? Don? Um, well, y- y- yes, but it's... I don't know. They're getting squirrely with the theming of stuff, but I mean, to have a major attraction like that, yeah, that's going to be awesome. 
you know, so I think it is a, a, a big gift. Um, they're kind of getting away from the original concept of, of Epcot, but you know, it's still going to be an amazing ride. I think so. So Adam, if the diamond is big enough, all is forgiven. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I'm i'll tell you this out of all the things that we're going to talk about tonight even that other land and that other stuff that's about to open whatever i am more excited about this coaster than any of the other stuff as far as actual rides things to experience oh it's it's going to be i'm sure it'll be an awesome coaster but because the theme will be amazing uh, as as well but it does not have a absolute wow coaster they don't exactly they don't right you don't play in that space and and you know you can go down the street and you can ride some pretty awesome coasters you can ride down you can drive down to tampa you can ride some pretty awesome coasters you can drive to that water place up the street ride some pretty interesting coasters disney doesn't have any of that and and this is to, to say we're going to build the biggest and the best, you know, if you say biggest, you generally put best behind it. <laughs> I, I am just, if, if they miss the ball on this one, I may become the Disney curmudgeon that you guys all believe that I am. Because <laughs> <laughs> they will have let me down for the last time. All right. So, Michael, what do you think? Is is this the signature attraction that it, that Epcot needed? Um. It's the attraction it needs. Is it for the 50th? Um, no. Uh, the attraction, it needs to draw people in there because you take the festivals out of Epcot right now. I mean, the places, you got plenty of space to walk and you don't have to worry about a lot of crowds until about 5 o'clock at night when the after-hours crowd, the evening crowd comes in to go around the world and eat and drink. Um, but it's what it needs. I think what they're really angling for the 50th is going to be the brand new walkway and all of the new buildings that are going to come in because I think they're going to try to fast track the new entrance coming into Epcot and have all of that construction finished by then have guardians open and anticipate crowds when they don't have festivals. Cause I assume they're going to keep the festivals uh, going because they're highly successful. Right. Oh, there's no question that they've gone all in on on the festivals, and I think they're going to be continuing to sort of build infrastructure to support them. And I think that's part of this whole redesign is that one of the things that they're doing, and we kind of alluded to it say, when we talked about the, the uh, construction already beginning, right? They've already torn out uh, about half of the Leave a Legacy monuments. Um, they'll be removing the rest. They're, they're basically going to be tearing up the entire entrance plaza and and rebuilding it and one of the reasons for rebuilding it in a more open way with more greenery not only will it make the entering epcot experience more pleasant not so hot but it'll allow them to move some of the festival booths out of world showcase and bleed into uh future world and involve the entire park in the festivals yeah it's 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 one of those things where epcot needed a major facelift and it's going to get a major facelift coaster will bring people in. Um, it's not just an educational park anymore in the front of it. You know, it's there for a theme park. And like Adam said, I'm excited for this ride. Disney has no thrilling roller coasters. Rock and roller coaster was the closest thing they ever got to a thrilling roller coaster. 
And this one here, you know, being from Ohio where we have the best roller coasters in the country. Um, it just, it, it looks very interesting. looks good. It, it's a good thing to have. Right. Now, as long as we're talking about new attractions in, in Epcot, they're not going to be done with Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, that that's a big step, but maybe a little bit lost in the shadow of Guardians of the Galaxy and its, its you know, massive size. We're getting a pretty impressive addition in terms of, of attractions in, in uh, World Showcase as well, because the, the France Pavilion is getting the Ratatouille attraction, um, a version of... Uh, it's not the, not going to be the same attraction from what we understand, but a, a version of the Ratatouille adventure attraction from uh, Disneyland Paris. And were it not for Guardians of the Galaxy, we'd probably be talking as excitedly about the addition of the Ratatouille ride, I think. Maybe. I, I, I mean, I'm still mad at them for taking Ratatouille out of uh, the chefs. if you never experienced that 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 didn't really require much effort on their part and that was just a cool little add-in and they just got rid of that you know just we're not gonna do that anymore and and yeah that's anyway again the curmudgeon in me comes out right right (laughs) so don you you excited for a, a a real dark ride attraction in, you know, that side of, or that corner of, uh, world showcase. Oh yeah. Yeah, I am. I mean, I, I think it'll, it, it's a, it's a great addition. I would still like to see them add another country, but I think that's going to be a, a, a nice addition because, uh, um, are they talking about redoing the movie there? I thought I heard something that they were talking about redoing the movie in France as well. well. There's a lot of speculation about France. I don't think we have official word yet on the on a new movie in France because I was looking for this. We do have confirmation that we're getting new films in China and Canada, um, and those are supposed to be ready by next year. But and Atlantic Pavilion, right? I'm sorry, say it again. And and didn't they didn't they add one to the and aren't they adding one to the Land Pavilion? Yeah, it's well. They're getting a new replacement, a new a new film that'll go in where Circle of Life was. Yeah, um, from basically put together by the Disney Nature folks. So it'll be a really, you know, it should be an excellent film. It should fit the theme. It, it'll be a drop in replacement, basically for um, Circle of Life, which you know, aside from the Animal King nostalgia of it, was frankly kind of horrific for a lot of kids. <laughs> um so yeah a lot of new move you know uh, um video stuff going on i i love that we were getting a new attraction in world showcase because i always felt like world showcase needed a couple more attractions Um, yeah and and this is a good kind of attraction for world showcase right i mean it's got a little it's not a thrill ride but it's got a little bit more to it than just a drive-through dark ride Um, right because it's a um, trackless, you know, kind of skittish movement kind of thing. Um, so I think I think that's all good. Um, also, I mean, France is getting a lot of attention because they're also getting that new crepe restaurant and um, a Beauty and the Beast sing-along is, is coming to Epcot as well, sort of on the model of um, First Time in Forever show in Hollywood Studios. World Showcase is going to get Belle doing a Beauty and the Beast sing-along. Uh, 
what do you think? Is that, uh, I mean, is that too much focus all in one place? Should we be spreading this out around World Showcase more? I, I, yeah, well, I think more stuff needs to be updated, spruced up. Mm-hmm. They're doing what? I I think catch everything. What are they doing in Canada that they, they got it all draped up and? <laughs> well, the biggest thing that they're doing in Canada is using it as a substitute for the uh, Wonders of Life building in the front of the park to use it for festival space. Oh, mm-hmm. gotcha. Because, I mean, I saw all those. Um, I mean, Canada's getting a new film, saw, too. I saw something where there was all kinds of curtains and all that stuff all over the place. and but um, I, yeah, I mean, Canada needs something. You know, that, that whole upper area is, is so wasted up but, there. But look what they're tr- look what they're doing. You've got Guardians of the Galaxy that's going in the front part of the park. You've got Test Track. You've got all these thrilling rides in the front. You stick something in the very back end of the park. You're splitting the crowd. Oh, you're yeah. forcing the crowd to go in both directions. And, 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 and think so where they're putting this stuff. Yep. If you put all this work into France, that's your first stop when you come in the back. I yep. mean, right. you, you either, you're either going to go into to the British Pavilion or you're going to go into France. You go that way. And then if you come in the front, then you hit all that other stuff. It's 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 crowd sucking. It's it's pulling people. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's it's splitting the crowd. And Epcot's already got a huge footprint, anyways. Right, right. Well, so let me ask you this: There are two attractions that were rumored that are now looking like they're probably not going to happen. One is a supposedly you know everything but turn the key to go. Um, replacement of Grand Fiesta Tour with Coco. That looks like it's probably not happening now. And a fairly sedate but well-themed Mary Poppins merry-go-round type attraction uh, over on the, the UK side of World Showcase, both of those appear to be probably, you know, not happening. It's, it looks unlikely. So, First of all, let me let me ask you this: um, how, What's your feeling of those things that were, by all accounts, ready to roll? You know, getting getting dropped from the plan, and of those two, which are you more disappointed to see not happen? Um, so, Don, get us started. I'd be I'm more disappointed in the not getting the the Mary Poppins thing in the in the. England. Um, I think that would be a, that's a perfect fit and everything that they got back going on back there. And I, I think that would be best. You know, Coco is a cool movie and all, but I don't know that it's worthy of its own ride, so to speak. All right. It would be a nice, nice, refreshing thing, I guess. But, you know, um, but I think the, the Mary Poppins theme would be, is the most disappointing. Okay. How about you, Michael? Um, I like the idea of the Merriground back there. I didn't know where exactly they would put it in England because that means they'd probably lose that outdoor concert area that they've been using pretty regularly and attracting a pretty decent crowd. Um, I agree with Don. Coco just is pretty cool, but just not enough to replace the Grand Fiesta. In fact, uh, there's a VR interactive activity that kids can do now in the Mexico pavilion that involves Coco where you get 
you get um, some kind of virtual reality. I believe uh, De, De Los Mortis activity emailed to you electronically uh, that the kids can do. And it's kind of like where they turn themselves into a um, Coco type character. Uh, so I think maybe that's all we're going to get on that. And plus you've got Coco in the mariachi now. And so I think that's all we're going to get for Coco. All right. How about you, Adam? Uh, I kind of, I like Coco. I like all the whole day of the dead stuff. I, I was very looking forward to them relaying the, uh, the ride uh, that really desperately needs some t- loving and loving care before we swamp a boat again. <laughs> and, and I think it would be it would be cool. It would fit into what they're trying to do there. They're already kind of doing stuff in and around to take on that idea that they're perpetually living the you know the Day of the Dead inside that pavilion anyway. Uh, so I'm a little disappointed, um, but I think it's one of those things. They probably put a whole bunch of stuff on a, a sheet and said, "We got to spend money. We got to find crew. We got to find people to do stuff." Even though it may be plug and chug. We've got a few other things that are way more important that we really have to do and can't screw up between now and the 50th. And I think that's where you're seeing, you're going to start seeing, and I think you're going to start seeing stuff as you get closer to, especially closer towards the middle of next year, things may go, okay, we can't do it. It ain't going to happen. Or it's going to get really ratcheted up to, to pull all stops out to make some things happen because things are going to be in place for the 50th and they're going to have the best foot forward for that. Okay. So that, that gets us back around to the, you know, 800 pound gorilla of Epcot renovation that we haven't talked about yet. Um, And that is that we all know that spaceship earth is long overdue for an update. I mean, if you look at it historically, We've been running the the Dame Judy Dench narration for a long time compared to the others. Um and it it has already had, as my understanding, at least one, you know, update that kind of got ca- canceled or bypassed. So last rumors I heard, I, I'm hearing things that that in order to do the updates they're talking about doing, Spaceship Earth would close for somewhere between one and a half and three years. Wow. Now, it's 2019. It's mid-2019 right now. If you close Spaceship Earth tomorrow for a year and a half, you'd be mm-hmm. you'd be halfway through the anniversary celebration before you were opening again, even on the short end. I don't see that happening. No. So not, not- all right, you so, know, so let's 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 throw this around the horn here, and I'm going to give you three options. Option one is that no 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 update at all, nothing happens basically, no no closure, no change. The second is brief closure, minor change, you know, basically just sprucing things up to make sure the mechanics stay. And third is they go all in, close it down, and just take the lumps. So, uh, Michael, what do you think? I think you'll get uh, some minor changes, a little splash of paint, some updates, uh, maybe a scene change here or there, but you're not going to get any major changes they need uh, for the 50th uh, to pull people away from other attractions. And that's a signature attraction as you come in. 
Okay, so if they're going to change things, what's your prediction? How long is the closure? Uh, probably about maybe maybe two months, um, and it'll be after certain other things come online, like Ratatouille. Uh, but it will be done before the fiftieth. All right. So so we get a prediction from Michael: two months downtime, still ready open for the fiftieth, but no major changes. Don, what do you think? Um, no major changes, but I think maybe a little longer shut down, clean it up, maybe do something with the, the, the exit area. Uh, I'm not sure what they can do with that, but, 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 uh, uh, spruce something up with that. Um, but I, I, I can't see them closing it down for the, for the 50th anniversary. It just, that's, that's the icon of the park. I can't see that being closed for the 50th anniversary. All right. So you know, just having a big tribute up so, there. Saying, so how long do you think it'll be down? I think maybe four to six months. All right. So Don's going to get a little longer than, uh, than Michael was, but still, you know, just four to six months open in time for the anniversary. Adam, what do you think? Here's my, I don't know. This is the engineer background in me coming out. I think they're going to take, they're going to finish up Ratatouille, get close on the end of Guardians to where they're doing whatever. They're going to move some crew that they have on site that are already working. They're going to bring them in. They're going to do a spruce up, a little cleanup, whatever, put them in there, close it for four to six weeks and do it right at the tail end and do a rush job on it because they can't really afford to shut it down for four, three months, four months in the middle of all this other construction. And I think that what you just said at the end is the key. They can't afford to shut it down now while there's all this other construction going on. So they're going to wait. They're going to get Ratatouille online. They're going to get Guardians either online or very, very close to it. And then they're going to shut it down and they're going to shut it down for two years. And they're going to do a massive overhaul. And they're going to do it because... The other issue that they always have is when they do these big projects, you have to have a reason. They know that they're going to have crowds of people coming for the anniversary in 2021, but they have to have a reason for somebody to come back in 2022. So how do you make sure that a super fan who came down in 2021 for the anniversary is going to be motivated to come back a year later? Will you take a signature attraction that they already love, that they have nostalgic feelings for, and you give it a major update. And so I think they're doing it on purpose to close it and then reopen it as the magnet to attract people back after the freshness of Guardians and Ratatouille has worn off. It's possible. Because they, because they couldn't do it before then, right? They had to have the ride capacity before they could get away with doing it. Yeah, I mean, I won't disagree that it needs to have something and they won't do it, that, you know, but as far as, yeah, doing it before that celebration, no. But yeah, afterwards, sure. Or, you know, during, maybe even halfway through it or whatever. Well, see, I, yeah, I, I think they take it down. You know, and that's the other thing to remember too is that when Disney does an, uh, an anniversary celebration, right? It's eighteen months. Right. <laughs> they, they, they don't celebrate a day; they celebrate a year and a half. So, you know, 
my guess is that that yeah, sure, when they first start the celebration, it'll be running, but but I wouldn't be at all surprised if it went down. Either either it went down during the celebration, or even that it was down for most of the celebration and didn't come back online until near the end. Um. Okay, so the, so the only other thing that keeps getting bandied around for Epcot is this persistent rumor of as many as two new country pavilions potentially opening. Um, I, I don't think there's any chance that they open in time for the anniversary at this point. Um, I don't know. Does anybody want to argue with me on that and think that they can actually get another, uh, you know, pavilion, country pavilion open uh, in time for 2021 at this point? Depends on what they want to do. I mean, if they want Not to full scale, they can. If they, they want something like Germany and you got a restaurant and a facade, yeah, they could probably do that if they wanted to, and with the idea of expanding it later. Uh, but depends on if they have country sponsorship to pull it off, or they're just sticking one in there. It, it, there's a lot of variables there. I mean, if they really want to, it won't be much. It'll be a facade and a restaurant or a quick service restaurant at best. And that'd be it if they have the sponsorship to attempt it. And if they do have the sponsorship before the 50th, I think they try to ramrod it in there. What do you think, Michael, is going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen. I think we've got way too much construction going on uh, in Epcot to throw in even more, you know, construction walls back in more of the world showcase. Uh, you've already gotten a new restaurant in Japan. You're getting a new crepe restaurant, quick serve over in France. Um, you're getting a new barbecue uh, smoking smoke restaurant over in the Americas Pavilion. Thank uh, God. <laughs> um, so, so could, could, could they do it? Yes. Will they do it? Probably not. What do you think, Don? I, I, I agree. I, I think they probably won't. Uh, I, I mean – you know, I already said, I, I think that I'd, I'd love to see it. Um, I just don't think that the timing is is going to work for it. You know, the, the construction wall thing, though, that's not as big a deal because all you're going to really do is have construction wall at the entrance of it because it's going to be off the pathway anyway. So it's not going to block anything if they did try to start something. And if they did try to get something through, I think, you know, uh, like Adam said, it's just going to be really basic. You know, with the idea that it's going to expand as it goes along, but you know, I, I with so much other stuff going on, I doubt it. You know, I, see, I I think the key to it is exactly what Adam was saying, which is whether they've got a corporate sponsor. If there's somebody who's willing to spend the money on it, and I I, I don't think there's any way that there's a country that's spending the money. Um, you know, as much as we talked about it, with the exception of Morocco, as far as I know, it's never really happened. I mean, Norway was supposed to pay for their pavilion, and that didn't work. And that's kind of what I meant, Aaron. I wasn't really like, right, saying right. the but, country of Brazil is going to pay to do it, but right. there might be a Brazilian corporation that would be well, willing to exactly. Push. So there it is. If if the look if the if the big Brazilian oil company right is willing to foot the bill then it'll happen and they'll get something open for the anniversary because there's somebody willing to pay the overtime, um, you know, to keep the guys working to get it done. Um, and that's the, the hot rumor at this point is that it's, it would likely be Brazil and the signature sort of element for it when they opened would be, uh, you know, your, your classic Brazilian, um, I'm going to pronounce this wrongly. So I apologize in advance to any Brazilians in our audience. Um, 
Charoscura restaurant, right? The, where they where they walk around with the skewers of meat, much like they do, you know, the, the real version of what they do Polynesian style at Ohana. I think the Which would be cool. Stay Brazil. I'm sorry. What'd you say, Adam? There, I like, we lost the beginning yeah, of it. Think, think Fogo de Chao. Uh, yeah, there you go. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'd eat there. Yeah. Well, and and that's why, I, like I said, I, I think it just comes down to if they've got somebody willing to do it, they're going to get it fast tracked because just because somebody's willing to do it now doesn't mean they're going to be willing to do it five years from now. So oh, yeah. they want to strike while the iron's hot if they can. Yep. Right. If someone says, "Hey, we got the money," I'm sure they're going to go, "Okay, we'll do it." All right. Um, well, we've probably beaten Epcot to death here, but there's a lot going on there, and it's it's going to be a big focus of attention as as this anniversary stuff comes together. A uh, lot, lot going on there. Animal Kingdom is pretty much done with its spruce up for the the anniversary. I mean, that's what getting Pandora built was all about. Um, only a couple of things really even worth mentioning. Um, I guess you know. Anybody have any thoughts about what's going to happen with Rafiki's Planet Watch? I mean, at the moment, it seems to be open seasonally at best. So the question is, once we get through summer and the big Galaxy's Edge rollout, will it stay open? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, And it's never drawn people like it originally was supposed to. Um, it's a train, but it's not easy and accessible to get to in the park. It's not the first thing you see when you walk in. Um, you have to go all the way to the end of the park to get to it. Um, so I don't look for Rafikis, Rafikis to eventually open up. I think they had to open it up to keep some of their um, certifications as far as what they do with animals and the zoo and the type of attractions that they have. Right. Uh, but but other than that, I don't I don't look for that to be anything more than just a seasonal attraction at this point. Right. And uh, this one will be quick with just one rated on a scale from one to ten, from one being not a chance in heck to ten being, of course, they'll get it done. Uh, rumors crop up every so often that dinosaur will they'll they'll just give up on it and turn it into a, a you know an, an Indy Jones version much like the one at Disneyland. So scale one to 10, how likely is it to happen? Uh, Don? One. Adam? (laughs) I'd give it a three. Michael? I'll split the hair and go to two. Yeah, I'm with Michael. It's a two. It's not happening. It's just not. Um, I guess the, the source of the, or the kernel of it is the idea that, you know, they're make they're, they're, in in the process of getting another Indy Jones film made. And so it would be an easy way to dovetail off of a new film. But Yeah, but you'd have to change the whole land then because it's all Well that's out. exactly it. It doesn't <laughs> but it doesn't fit thematically. It doesn't make much sense. I mean, unless unless the new film, I mean Indy is an archaeologist. So if the new film touches on <laughs> dinosaurs it's a different kind of archaeologist, though. But right. hey, the look, the internal logic of Indiana Jones films has never been particularly strong. <laughs> I mean, as much as fun as they are, <laughs> um, and yeah. then and then as long as we're doing you know quick uh, round the horns for the D- Disney's Animal Kingdom portion of this discussion, we've seen at least by my count um, already. I think it's four versions of Rivers of Light so far. Um, 
with the the most recent one being the one that you know gave it its its sort of additional name, right? That this it now is called anybody remember it's Rivers of Light something, right? Colon something. In any case, it's it's getting some Jungle Book stuff and that. So it's it's had four iterations. How many more tweaks will there be to River of Light? It's now 2019 between now and the end of 2021, which would be sort of, you know, the heart of the anniversary celebration. So four so far, Don, how many by the end of 2021? I would say at least another couple. (laughs) Okay. Two more from Don. (laughs) What do you think, uh, Adam? See, between now and 2021, that's six months, three, one every six (laughs) months. All right, three more iterations from uh, Adam. What do you think, Michael? I think probably about two, and it's uh, Rivers of Light. We are one. Ah, uh, there we go. Yes, that is the new one. I just looked it up. So thank you. Um, just to help out, yeah, probably just two. Yeah, and by the time this airs, it'll probably have changed again. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say two as well, only because it takes some time to do the refits, but. I don't know what it is about that show. They are just really struggling to get it right, and they seem totally committed to making it work. So looks like they'll just keep iterating and keep massaging. They've dumped a ton of money into getting yeah, it. That's true. I'm sure that that's just it. You know, I mean, I mean, you've got the the whole stadium built around that lagoon. Um, you opened Animal Kingdom up, and you know, with the attractions and had to have a nighttime attraction for it. And you can't do fireworks because of the animals. So you had to do something. Right. All right. So now we move to Hollywood studios. Um, I mean, galaxy's edge will be fully operational. Now we know officially by, uh, early December, 2019, uh, on the Walt Disney world side, right. We have an official opening date already for, uh, rise of the resistance. So that's going to be done by this year. Looking ahead though, there's still more coming. Not a lot more, but a few more, right? I mean, getting Toy Story Land open was kind of phase one. Getting Galaxy's Edge open, stage two. Stage three, there are a few other pieces still coming. So um, the biggest one of those things, because we know for sure it's happening, is uh, the opening of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. That was pushed back to um, spring 2020, so probably sometime around March or April. Um, and this is a... Um, you know, Adam, you were asking, you wanted a, an augmented reality type re- uh, attraction. That's kind of what's supposed to be happening with Runaway Railway, although there's no goggles or anything, right? That's that's one of its its selling points is that it creates a, a 3D impression without needing glasses. Right. Um, so very different attraction, very different ride mechanism than anything else happening really anywhere right now, at least uh, around Walt Disney World that I'm aware of. So, uh, scale of one to 10, one being I could care less, 10 being I'm almost more excited for this than I am for Galaxy's Edge. Adam, how excited are you for Mickey's, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in spring 2020? I'm actually looking forward to it. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm uber excited about it, but I enjoyed the little shorts and that animation style that they use for the shorts. Um, I'll give it a four and a half. Okay. Four and a half from Adam, uh, Don, what do you think? I would say six. All right. A little more enthusiastic for it. Yeah. Yeah. And how about you, Michael? Well, gee, I like going right in the middle. I just, um, about five. I mean, I, I'm going to ride it. 
I'm looking forward to writing it and hopefully it will spark my interest where it's got to be something that I want to ride again and again and again. Uh, but it just well, it seems interesting. It's, it, it's, it's needed anything right now. Any ride is needed in Hollywood studios right now. Well, the other thing though, is there's not a whole lot of, there's no other Mickey rides. No other Mickey theme. So that, that's, that's what kind of sparks my interest a little more is, you know, is, got mickey mouse in it right yeah i mean i I, i'm gonna give it i may even go a little higher i'm gonna call it a seven and and really for a couple of reasons one is that uh, as as um, adam was talking about it, it incorporates this new animation style that i'll be honest i don't necessarily love it myself as much as adam does i think it's okay but the kids love it and so from that perspective it, it really breathes new life into the Mickey character for Disney. Um, you know, there's a whole new generation that has its, its relationship with Mickey Mouse is this, this different design. Um, and this will be the first time that that design has found its way into the parks in any meaningful way. So from that perspective, it's a big deal. I'm looking forward to it because I think it's a, an important, um, you know, crowd eating attraction that uh, I'm excited that they're, being adventurous with the technology they're using, that they're getting out in front again and doing creative stuff. Um, and so I'm excited to see what it's all about. Um, and it, it's going to fulfill that role, kind of like I was talking about with Epcot, right? You got to have something for people next year. So Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway getting pushed back to spring 2020. It's it's given people, you know, something else after Galaxy's Edge is open. Hey, there's still more happening. So we've got that happening. The only other sort of anniversary-related thing we've got happening at Hollywood Studios that I could find anything on is some rumors of a new um, Indiana Jones stunt spectacular script that would come out for the anniversary for 2021, probably linked to the new film. Um, so again, scale of 1 to 10, how excited would you be to see a, a new Indiana Jones script? Michael? Uh, Indy's fun. I'd it's five good family fun entertainment uh, for us Indiana Jones fans. It's always good to fun. It's good to see. It's it's good to sit down. Uh, it's hot in the summer, uh, but uh, it's it's a good thing. I would say definitely a five. I mean, granted, it's I'm going to go to Hollywood Studios. I'm going to see it regardless. Uh, but it is needed. Okay, Don, what do you think? Um, definitely at least a six. You know, I, I'm big. Indiana Jones fan, so I I like that. So, and be a welcome change, you know. Seeing I've seen that other show twenty times. <laughs> How about you, Adam? I uh, I give it a good solid five. Uh, I like the show the way it is now. I go see it about every other trip. So yeah, you know, I'd like to see a refresh. All right, I'm going to give it a a uh, bipolar three and eight. Um, <laughs> Here's the thing. It's an eight if it's great, right? Because God knows that that show needs a refresh script because they've been running the same one for so long and it would be really nice if it had something fresh. But it's a three because I'm really nervous about a new Indiana Jones film. <laughs> and, and if they link it with the film and the film is bad, then we're going to be stuck with a bad new show. Yep. Yeah, that's true. And so I, I'm really more nervous about this one than I should be. <laughs> yeah, as long as they keep crystal skulls out of it, we'll be okay. You would think. 
I mean, you would think, but remember, remember that Indy is like 80 years old now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is getting to be challenging. China somewhere making those crystal skulls right now. Me and Joe will be lining up bomb. All right. So here's my question for you all. Given that we've spent, you know, two and a half minutes talking about Hollywood studios and we spent, you know, hours almost talking about the other parks. What else needs to happen at Hollywood Studios for the anniversary? And is there anything that can be done within budget, right? And at this point, they're not going to spend a lot more money. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Am I wrong? Does it feel like Hollywood Studios is not really part of the anniversary celebration? Because everything there is going to be done already. Mm. I think they're going to have some anniversary celebration there. Um, I think we'll see um, an orchestra over in the Beauty and the Beast Theater, where they brought that out at several times this past last couple of years, and maybe some kind of specialized special orchestra for Disney music, like they did with the Pixar music. That was a really nice kind of something unique for the fiftieth. Right, right. Maybe a maybe a special fireworks show. I know they've been playing around with a lot of the projections on the Chinese theater uh, with different types of shows. They recently, in my opinion, they changed Star Wars a little bit, the Star Wars uh, fireworks. So they're still kind of tweaking and playing around with the projections over there. So I think maybe we'll get a uh, 50th fireworks spectacular or something like that. Okay. What do you think, Adam? Is Hollywood Studios okay or, or, you know, is my concern here overblown? I think they're going to give some some little tweaks and little nudges here and there and and let the idea that, hey, we've got Galaxy's Edge finished stand on its own. Okay, so here's my issue, and I'm going to rant for a minute. It's Disney's, you know, it's Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary. Hollywood Studios has got to replace the tired, weak, fantasmic show that has been running the same way at Hollywood studios for it'll be what? 25 years. Yeah. However old the park is, it's the same show. It's ridiculous. Well, it's the same with the Indiana Jones thing. Well, it's, it is, but to a to, I think it's a bigger deal when it's phantasmic. I mean, it's, it's mitigated a little bit because you've got galactic spectacular now. And you know, that was originally just a temporary thing because uh, Fantasmic was supposed to still be the signature nighttime show at Hollywood Studios, but my God, they're having to beg people to go see it. I mean, I know people who who buy, you know, they'll get a dining package for Fantasmic just because that's what the dining reservation is available. They don't even care to go use the ticket to see the show. <laughs> yep, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw Fantasmic, and. You know, it, it, it's such a great facility. They've got this awesome theater there. It just right. feels like a huge waste to use it the way they're using it. Yeah, so, that would be nice to get an update to that. And, you know. I mean, if I can beg for a minute, you know, please, right? Do one <laughs> last thing. Don't, you know, don't rest for two years on Galaxy's Edge. Give us 
a new signature show in that theater and really make it something special. And and maybe something that reflects the new identity of the park, whatever that is. Right. Right. Yeah. Something incorporating all this stuff, incorporating toys, land, you know, toys, yeah. land, and galaxy's edge. Hey, hey, I've got it. A mashup version of hyperspace hoopla with Toy Story characters coming in from time to time. <laughs> Love it. And, and, and you could still use the Muppets, too. Because yeah, you know, they're they're Muppet Vision 3D. But, but do that, take that kind of show that they did with Hyperspace Hoopla, and do something like that, and put it out there on that stage. There you go, and that, and, and even blend in some Fantasmic-ish elements, right? You could do some cool water projection effects and laser light stuff, oh, and yeah, definitely. I mean, whatever they do, you know, with that, they they need to incorporate. I mean, it's they need to incorporate the water effects, the the pyro pyrogenics and all that stuff into it. I mean, it, that, that definitely calls for that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right. So there's one other element that's sort of connected to Hollywood studios that is still coming. Um, and that is the development of the, the star Wars experience hotel. And, you know, I got to tell you, I get uh, in is in the travel business. I get more people excited and interested in talking to me about the Star Wars Hotel, which, you know, we don't we don't know anything more than the fact that it's being built, really, <laughs> for certain. But people are more excited about that than they are about Galaxy's Edge that's opening, you know, end of this month. Um, so so the the issue here is right. When's it going to be ready? I guarantee you that that thing is not opening in 2019 or I'm sorry, not opening in, in 2020. It won't be open before the anniversary. I think it won't be open even 2021, but that's the question I have for the panel. When do you think that this, whatever this name things named, it's going to open. Uh, when do you think it, it'll, it will open its doors? Uh, Adam. End of 2020. I mean, 2021, excuse me, not 2020, end of 2020. End of 2021, okay. Uh, Don? I I agree with Adam. I mean, geez, they're building a little Hilton down the street from me, and it's taken like two years. (laughs) 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 Um, I can't imagine what that's, you know, with with the way they're doing the theming or, you know, the talk about doing the theming that's really going to be interesting to see how that pans out and how it starts out and how like yeah how immersive it's going to be in the beginning and is that going to evolve for better or for worse down the road (laughs) the immersiveness right you know all right what do you think michael when's it opening um i think it we're definitely probably least a year and a half maybe two years I, I watch how fast they got riviera and the grand destino tower up and those went up relatively quickly um so i think when disney decides they're gonna build a hotel they can build it pretty quick and theme it pretty quick i mean but at the same time you're talking about a specialty boutique hotel uh, with very limited number of rooms it's just, this is not designed to you know house 10,000 guests. I mean, so it's designed for a very specific purpose and it's going to have a very high price point. So I think it's going to be probably 
2021, mid to late 2021, probably be my guess. All right. And what I think is that they'll wait until the celebration to announce an opening date, which will be at least six months after the end of the celebration. I think there's no way that this thing opens during the 50th anniversary because they, they, first of all, because spending the resources there means not spending them in the parks and they have to get the park capacity issues taken care of first. And second, because I think they need at least a year's worth of experience data on Galaxy's Edge before they can have even the interactive scripts done for the the immersive hotel. They can be working on outlines and things, but until they see how people really engage with Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World for a good year, I don't think they're going to have enough information to create the immersive experience that they want to create for people. And it gives them the benefit of giving them a very clear thing to, you know, get people excited about on the other side of the anniversary as well. Can you imagine what the foot foot traffic's going to be going into that thing? There won't be much, actually. Are you talking Galaxy's Edge or the, the hotel? The hotel. There'll be almost nothing. Yeah, it's going to be isolated. And even going back and forth to Hollywood Studios, it's going to have its own um, sort of transport that takes it back and forth. Now, I don't know. I've heard rumors back and forth about whether it's going to be um, autonomous transport or not. Um, I think at least initially it won't be, but it may be eventually. Um, You know, a a self-driving vehicle that is almost a like a horizontal elevator, right? Because you just get on it and it carries you from the hotel into the back door of Galaxy's Edge. Um, but don't you see a lot of people are going to want to walk in there? Just They won't be it? able to. There won't be access. Hmm. I, I don't think that there will be any public access to that hotel unless you're staying there. No, it's going to be very difficult to get in there. Um, yeah. I, I And I think that they're going to intentionally make, you know... Yeah, I, I I don't I think that they're going to make it controlled access. They're going to have to because it's a small hotel with specific theming, and everybody's going to want to go see it because it's going to be the new Star Wars thing. Well, that, and, that, and, and they can't tough. let it and they can't let it interfere with the immersive experience that the guests at the hotel are experiencing because for what Dang. they're paying, you know, you <laughs> can't have Billy Bob and his kids getting in the way. Yeah, I see that. I just you can't have that's the class. Why I was like, there. I can't imagine how you know. The, but if they're gonna have, yeah, if they're gonna control it, then that's that's what it's gonna be. I also think that this may be once they do this, depending on the success of it, which Star Wars is going to be a successful franchise and whatever people are, that has <laughs> fan base. But it may be their for, first four way foray into a closed off immersive experience where there are certain hotels and certain things that are not accessible to folks that are not staying there where all their other resorts are open for people to go dine, go do whatever you want to. But encourage that to some degree. It's that idea of bringing some of their idea of some of their cruise line idea on land and isolating things off where you have to, when you come in their bubble, 
yes, it's a different experience and you're paying that premium to be put on that pedestal. Because today, I mean, let's think about it. Today, you go stay at the Contemporary. You're paying a premium to stay at the Contemporary to have that view at night. But everybody under the sun's coming and going, and they're down there shaking napkins and, and hooting and hollering at Chef Mickey's right below you. You know, there's there's no exclusivity there other than getting up to your room. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's what those that's what those those beachside bungalows are about at Polynesian and at, at Fort Wilderness, right? Is that you can get your exclusive, beautiful view away from the crowd. And and this Star Wars hotel is just one more bump beyond that. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that hotel, well, I mean, I don't want to get down, go, go fo- too far down this this you know, Hill, because I, I don't want to get into that just yet, right? There's going to be at least one full show that's going to get devoted to this hotel when we get a little closer and we know a little bit more information. Um, but it, it's the biggest thing, you know, related to Star Wars and, and Hollywood Studios. It's going to be after the opening of Galaxy's Edge. Um, there are a few other things happening around the resort. We're running a little long, so I'm just going to go recap them real quickly. Um, you know, we've got Grandestino Tower that just opened um, at, at, uh, Coronado Springs, a few more pieces of it still opening, but um, Riviera Resort opens here in mid-December um, over near um, uh, the, the Caribbean Beach. Um, we've got site work that's already happening uh, at Reflections, which is the former River Country site. I think it's going to be real interesting to see what happens with Reflections and Riviera because these are two DVC resorts. It's a, it's the first time since Saratoga that they've built DVC resorts that are not sort of premium adjacent to theme park locations. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how these go. We also have the the new Marriott Signature Hotel being built behind the Swan and Dolphin, the Cove. Um Interesting other Epcot area hotel. Um, all of this is really just about capacity. Riviera will be open in time for the the um, anniversary reflections. Maybe anybody want to take any bets? You want you think reflections will be open in time for anniversary? No, it won't be. That's that's my that's my take on it. I just they're not there. I mean, they're just doing some basic, basic, basic work right now. Yeah, they're still driving. They're still driving pilings and taking samples. Yeah, and my impression is that that they that at least the Disney executives want the the Star Wars hotel open before Reflections. It's a bigger priority for them. Riviera, what's a is, is that going to be? What's a classification on that? It, it's a deluxe. It's a deluxe suite. It's a it's a DVC resort. Uh, think think Bay Lake Tower. You know, think of it like the Bay Lake Tower. Yeah. Except except a European type theme. Right. Um, and it's it's you know, big bonus is that it's on this new Skyliner. So that's the other other sort of yep. happening. It's a little bit looking forward, right? Because it's already we have an opening date now, which I'm so annoyed I'm gonna just miss it. Riviera's on the Skyliner, so is is Caribbean Beach, so is um Pop Century and Art of Animation Resorts. Question really going looking ahead is um, there are at least draft plans to expand the Skyliner to potentially take it as far as Disney Springs, 
to One Direction. And as far as uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge and Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park on the other end. So um, just as one last sort of uh, whip around here, um, give me your your percentage chance that we end up, you know, by say 2025, so the other side of of the anniversary, by 2025 we have a Skyliner that stretches from Disney Springs to Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, let's see, uh, Michael, get us started. Um, I think we're probably better than 50. percent uh, The real telltale sign is when you watch Disney buy a whole bunch of swampland in far off counties in Florida so they can do some wetland mitigation. It usually gives you an idea that they're going to do a lot of construction and do a lot of additional work. So when they buy a thousand acres somewhere, that means they're going to move about 500 acres back over in the Reedy Creek division. So um, I think it's possible. I think Disney... um, any chance they can get to get rid of the bus mass transit system system and its impact and its cost, uh, they will look at seriously, very seriously. All right. So Michael's willing to say at least better than 50%. Um, Don, what do you think? I'm going to say 50-50 based on how this iteration of it, the way it starts out and how it runs, how smoothly it runs how easily it moves people. Right. Um, what's going on? I mean, you know, keep hearing about the no air conditioning. How are people going to react to that? You know, if you're trying to take a, a really long trip on that thing from one end to the other in the heat of summer with no air conditioning, how popular is that going to be? All right. So, so, uh, so, so Don's got the show me position 50, 50 waiting to see if it works. Adam, what do you think? I'm going to say probably 75% because I think anything they can do to get people off the ground and keep people in transit, keep people moving, they're going to do. Uh, they, It's already been proven that they calculate bus traffic and monorail loads and all that into their statistics on where people are. So this is just another way to keep people in transit and keep people moving and keep people occupied. Yeah, I'm actually going to call it 80%. Um, I think it's highly likely and that the only thing that would keep them from doing it is if we had, you know, an economic situation such that it was too expensive or they have some sort of, of, you know, God forbid accident of some kind that scares people off of it because it just makes too much sense otherwise. Um, you know, I, I know people talk a lot about there not being any air conditioning on them, but they're not, these people aren't idiots. They understand how these things work. They don't have air conditioning, but they've got huge blowers and they move fast. So I think that they're not going to feel nearly as hot as people think they are. Um, I mean, Adam, you've seen them. They move what, 15 miles an hour? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're going a good pace and they've got big fans that run through them constantly and they're moving air through them constantly. So, you know, you, you really shouldn't notice them being that oppressively hot. Um, yeah, they move, they do move, they do move very fast and they move air fast. I mean, they're, they're essentially swamp coolers, you know, just because of the way they move. Yeah. Well, that's fine. I just, you know, the other thing is capacity. How, 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 right. How efficient they end up really being. Yeah. Right. 
All right. Uh, so one last whip around here as we wrap the show up. Um, gentlemen, the one thing about this 50th anniversary coming up in 2021 that you're most excited about, Don. Uh, everything in Epcot, because that's always been, you know, while I, the Magic Kingdom is, you know, the heart and soul, Epcot's always been our favorite park. So I'm really excited about the, the upgrades and the changes to Epcot to see how that's going to be. And, you know, but, you know, it's needed if for a long time that park's been neglected for a long time. So that's what I'm most excited about. All right. How about you, Michael? I'm um, actually looking forward to uh, Magic Kingdom and all of the 50th anniversary decorations, the theming, um, the additional uh, shows, and hopefully uh, some of our rumors come to fruition. And just and that's and that's such and those things. So, okay, Adam, uh, looking forward to the Epcot update overlays. Uh, I think it's much needed. It's been kind of a long time. They've lived off of the festival idea for so long and not putting attractions and things in there. It's going to be nice to see some real attractions put in. Yeah, I think I'm most excited for the the you know addition of new big signature attractions, both um, the Tron coaster and the Guardians coaster, especially the the investment in you know a big splash ride because it's been a while. I mean, even flight of passage as cool as it is, and it's the best theme park ride I've been on um, probably ever anywhere um, so far. It's, it's ultimately a simulation attraction. I love that they're building, you know, big thrill rides. It's been a long time. Well, you know, you've heard our thoughts on anniversary stuff. It's really exciting. A lot going on. We'd love to hear from you and hear what you think about all of this. What do we get right? What are we wrong about? What are we totally forgetting? You can email us at podcast at disdads.com. Visit our website, disdads.com. Tweet us at disdadspodcast on Twitter. Or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash disdadspodcast. You can even participate in our brand new Facebook group there if you want to talk about this show or, hey, suggest future topics, even volunteer to appear on a show or a trip report. If you happen to have a minute and you're enjoying the show, We'd also really appreciate it if you took a minute to write a review on whatever service it is you're using to listen to the show, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, um, wherever you find us. Those reviews help make it easier for other people to find the show. And, you know, after about a year's hiatus, it's kind of hard for folks to find us who haven't heard the show before. So if you can give us a boost, we'd really appreciate it. Um, Until next time, I've been Aaron Ripmaster with Adam Dale. See you real soon, folks. Don Donfris. Night, all. And Michael Ty. Hey, everybody. Have a good night. Our outro music is Whiskey on the Mississippi by Kevin McLeod. Kevin makes his music available on his website, incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution. Here's your attribution, Kevin. Thanks. Thanks.